0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure...
3: Hello and welcome to a Thursday live right here on the early line on Sports Grid and all across the Sports Grid network. That includes sportsgrid.com/watch, where you can find your favorite destination and consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. I am back, but Donnie Rightside has always been here. DRS and Davis Maddock. A thank you to Davis holding down the fort yesterday. Donnie and I roll on for these next three hours live right here on TEL up until 11 a.m. Eastern time week number 14 of the NFL regular season starts tonight on a Thursday in Pittsburgh will it be a pretty game more than likely no but still football nonetheless and history tonight Donnie in the association the first ever semifinal games in the NBA's in-season tournament out in Las Vegas and that stove in Major League Baseball here in the winter getting pretty hot yesterday
4: yeah and let's start here ben you have a football game that's going to be played to around a total of 30 or so points you have an nba game today that's going to start at 5 p.m eastern with a 255 and a half welcome to the party
3: Welcome to the party. Indeed, it's the in-season tournament out in Viva Las Vegas, the semifinal matchups that we will see. The Milwaukee Bucks take on the Indiana Pacers from the Eastern Conference, and out west, it's the Los Angeles Lakers taking on the New Orleans Pelicans, both games, in Vegas on this Thursday. But Donnie, as we said, the stove in MLB here in the offseason finally getting hot. Finally, something happens, and it's a blockbuster trade. Sending Juan Soto from the San Diego Padres to become the newest Bronx Bomber. Now a member of the New York Yankees. He joins an offensive lineup that has Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge in the offense for New York should be sailing into 2024. Quickly, let's welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here. Opening hour of a Thursday, live on the early line on SportsGrid, Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. He is Donnie Wrightside. I am and ben Stevens and Juan Soto is the newest New York Yankee. Traded from the San Diego Padres late last night, Donnie. The deal is official.
4: It's an absolutely bombshell here for the Yankees and a fantastic move for them. A left-handed bat that they sorely needed to flip that bat out there and put that ball 315 feet down the line for home runs. He's consistently on base. A future Hall of Famer. And I say this to the people out there. They do this a lot, Ben. Remember when Christian McCaffrey was traded from the, you know, the Carolina Panthers to San Francisco? Oops, second and third, man. Carolina really made out on that. When you get superstar players on your roster for guys that haven't shown any anything at the major league level for what a couple months here it is a steal for the Yankees a wonderful move for the Yankee fans that organization and that team an absolute flat out steal they
3: traded some pitching prospects back to San Diego the Padres incentive was to get rid of the deal for Juan Soto and not take on that hefty contract But New York didn't have to give up a lot, and the Yanks add Juan Soto to an offensive lineup that desperately needed juice outside of Aaron Judge the last few years. Now to the NBA, just regular games, regular season. Who cares? I kid. But the in-season tournament tonight provides that extra spark. Everybody that didn't play in the IST quarterfinals on the floor in the association last night in the Dallas Mavericks DRS win By 50, 147-97 the final at home for the Mavericks, hammering the Utah Jazz.
4: Maybe the Jazz looking forward to going to Vegas for the weekend and watching the rest of the NBA season unwind because they were certainly watching Luka Doncic last night. How about a triple-double? Yeah, in the first half, finishing with 40, 10, and 11. A dominant performance by the Mavericks where the Jazz didn't even show up. Speaking of
3: a 50-piece, the Mavs win by 50, and Joel Embiid scores 50 last night for Philadelphia on the road in the nation's capital against the Washington Wizards. Our guy, Kelly Oubre, back for Philly as well. Just a five-point victory despite the 5-0 from Embiid, but Philly does go and win by five on the road.
4: Yeah, Tyrese Maxey's points prop was 25 and a half. He finishes with 26 here. So a good performance from the Sixers superstars across the board. Didn't cover the game, but got the big W on the road And Joel Embiid. 50 points. That's always special when you see that number.
3: Kelly Oubre played 19 minutes off the bench, did record 12 points. Now to college basketball. Big East, Big 12 battle has been playing out this week in men's college hoops. And speaking of winning big, that's what Marquette did yesterday against Texas. In Milwaukee, the Golden Eagles win by 21-86. 65. Donnie, they were an eight and a half point favorite. The line drew my attention for a top 12 tilt, but Marquette makes good on the number, easily covering and winning by 21.
4: Yeah, if you're new to college basketball, you're saying, I haven't really watched all that much. Sometimes you can just line read and your first instinct. will be like, wait a second, that's way too many points. I'm going to take Texas. But the shrewd handicapper goes, no, 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 no. This line is a little bit funky. let you dig into it here. 42-28 at the break here. 44-37 to in the second half. That was an easy victory for Marquette there. The Golden Eagles, I don't want to say move on here, but that's going to be a really good basketball team in the Big East.
3: The reigning Big East Player of the Year, Tyler Kolick, the point guard for Marquette. 26 points, eight boards, six dimes last night. College basketball, by the way, on the women's side. Caitlin Clark scores 35 points last night against Iowa State. Her 41st 30-point game in her career. That's a new NCAA record in either men's or women's hoops. She has now scored 3,000 points. She is the only player, either man or woman, in Division I college basketball history to have 3,000 points. 750 assists and 750 rebounds that is caitlin clark adding on to her historic marks as we keep it rolling around the national football league the new york jets they have made a quarterback change they go back to zach wilson wilson will be the starter for green green this upcoming weekend donnie
4: And by the way, the Jets fans win by this too, because they scream, get Zach Wilson out of there. Then they scream, get Zach Wilson back in there. And Zach Wilson will be your quarterback here on Sunday. And actually, Zach Wilson, he does give you the best chance to at least be competitive in your game. So Zach Wilson is the right move coming back. Let's just see where his head is at by the time the game starts on Sunday.
3: The Jets at home in MetLife, a three-and-a-half-point home underdog against the Houston Texans. Of course, C.J. Stroud and Houston firmly in that AFC playoff race. Elsewhere to the NFC, following a bye, the 6-6 six and six, Minnesota Vikings stick to their guns. They're going to have Joshua Dobbs remain the starting quarterback for the Vikes moving forward.
4: It's your only chance at victory. It's your only chance at making the playoffs. You got to ride it out. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Going to an unheralded rookie here, that's not the smart decision. Hopefully Dobbs can get that lightning in a bottle type of scenario, win a couple games, and they'll get into the playoffs.
3: The last time we saw Joshua Dobbs was that Monday night football game against the Bears. He threw four INTs. Minnesota lost 12-10. I still think it's the right decision for this Vikings team. A three-point road favorite in Las Vegas following the bye here in week 14. Your family, your religion, and Rutgers, Basketball, the number two overall recruit in the country in the 2024 recruiting class. Dylan Harper staying in the Garden State. He commits to Rutgers yesterday. Harper's the number two recruit. Ace Bailey is the number three recruit in the country. He's also going to Rutgers. Donnie, right side. What a time it is for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, the best recruiting class in the history of that program. Steve, Peiple, as John Rothstein would say, pounding.
0: reasons you did it you stumped this charming devil
1: at vanguard you're more than just an investor you're an owner that means your priorities are vanguard's too so whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals that's the value of ownership all investing is subject to risk Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.
3: Live right here on a Thursday on the early line on SportsGrid. I am Ben. He is Donnie. And Juan Soto is on his way to the Bronx. A blockbuster deal yesterday. Finally, something in the hot stove got hot around Major League Baseball this offseason. And late last night, the deal becomes official. The New York Yankees and the San Diego Padres agreeing to a blockbuster trade, Donnie right side, that sends Juan Soto to New York, the newest member in pinstripes.
4: What a great move here for the New York Yankees. It's literally the perfect player that you could get. Now, honestly, a couple years ago, I think the Yankee fans were screaming that they wanted Bryce Harper. For some reason, the Yankees ownership didn't want Bryce Harper. He would have been the perfect captain in that city here and certainly lifting home runs into the right field seats. You always would love to get power hitting left handed batters, but not only a power hitter, Juan Soto seems like he's on base three times every single night. And in a game where we sometimes wait to just hit three run home runs, he is the perfect guy He's going to put pressure on your pitching staff. You're going to have to pitch five and six pitches to him every single at-bat, which is going to always raise that pitcher's profile in those high leverage situations. You take a look at a stack called Weighted Runs Created Plus. It just lets you show the devastation of a player at the plate and what he can do. Keep in mind 100 is the baseline. In 2018, his rookie year, 146, followed by a 143, a 202, a 164, a 145, and a 150. It's absolutely amazing. He's all always on base creating runs is your job as a baseball player he does that to perfection Juan Soto is a steal for the Yankees a massive move in Major League Baseball
3: in the last five years Juan Soto has led the league in recording walks Three of those five years. Last year a big league best 132 walks. That means he is as patient as the day is long up there. That's what you want out of a hitter in today's day in age. He's not going to strike out. If he's not hitting a extra base knock he is probably walking to get on base to create those run scoring opportunities and outside of Aaron Judge Donnie the Yankees have desperately needed that in the last two years. Of course the historic season for Judge back in 2022. The American League record for home runs, 62 in the year he didn't really do that last year battling injuries a lot of 2023 and the Yankees lacked some of that offensive production outside of Aaron Judge's spot in the offensive lineup Juan Soto now will be that reliable bat in the middle of the order or wherever Aaron Boone places him for the New York Yankees one through nine this upcoming year in 2024 and to look up and down the lineup as you see it Donnie that is going Going to be a murderer's row of sorts for this New York Yankees offense. Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, DJ LeMahieu at the top. Of course, you have Anthony Rizzo and now Juan Soto, a really strong offensive lineup for the New York Yankees. And they didn't give up a ton in return to San Diego. It seemed that the Padres incentive of shipping Juan Soto to New York was to get rid of that hefty contract on a payroll that was unsustainable for a Padres team that had lost large monetary investment but hadn't seen the success on the baseball diamond the last couple of years.
4: Yeah, they weren't going to pay Soto four hundred million dollars on top of what they already pay some of the other guys. They have a few three hundred million dollar players on that team. And granted, your owner just passed away. He was one of those driving forces that said, "Hey, look, we're not worried about making money. Let's give the fans what they want." He passes away, and that looks like the organization has started to make those financial moves that they weren't making over the past couple years, which put them in the limelight and said, "Hey, you know what? We typically don't battle with the Dodgers. Let's go ahead, toe to toe with the Dodgers in payroll to see what we can do." San Diego baseball is going to be fine, but that does take a hit because. Juan Soto is one of those superstars. You don't want to lose yeah. out of the lineup. And when you take a look at the Yankees lineup, and coming up, let's just say it is this. LeMahieu, Judge, Soto, Rizzo, Torres, Redugo, Stanton, Volpe, and Wells. The one thing that you love with Soto in the middle of that lineup means Aaron Judge is going to see more pitches. What are you going to do? Pitch around Aaron Judge and put him on base for Juan Soto, only for him to walk again, and then Rizzo comes up along with Torres. He is perfect in the middle of the lineup. The one thing that I do get frustrated with them, and it's not fair because I'm a selfish handicapper. Hey, Juan Soto over one and a half base hits in the game. What did he do? Oh, he went one for two. Well, what else did he do? He walked three times and scored three runs. Well, and I needed him to get two base hits because he's willing to take the walk, which sometimes you want your superstars just to get those big hacks in, but he's willing to pass the baton over and get on base and force those high leverage situations onto pitchers for the guy behind him. You know his best friend's going to be Anthony Rizzo. Why? Because Soto's going to be on base all the time, and Rizzo's not going to have to worry about it. Like, oh, the shift is gone now. Now I can actually just be a legitimate hitter with runners on base and high leverage situations. Situations, perfect scenario.
3: I mean, when you see the offensive lineup, it should put fear in the opponents all around the American League. I will say, if you've watched Yankees baseball the last few years, the reasons they have not reached the mountaintop in winning an American League pennant or playing in a World Series, which is always the expectation in New York, was because of some poor pitching outside of Garrett Cole. Juan Soto, of course, is not a pitcher. The offense, fantastic. They will need every component here for the New York Yankees to find true success in 2024 and again true success is not making the playoffs it's not contending for a postseason spot it's not winning a divisional crown in the American League East it is winning in the American League pennant and it is winning a World Series that is always going to be the barometer for this New York Yankees franchise and at this moment they're 5-1 to one to win the American League pennant, still the third-best price behind both Houston and the reigning AL pennant winners and World Series champion Texas Rangers, the fifth-best price at plus 950 to win the World Series. Donnie, how does adding Juan Soto change your overall outlook and evaluation for the Pinstripes?
4: I don't know if it goes from like I need them to win the World Series. They're always going to be viable because they usually have a big payroll and they go after superstars and they have officially the best pitcher in the American League in Garrett Cole who won the Cy Young. But it usually boils down to the Yankees back in the day as we used to call them. And it wasn't that long ago from that late 90s run to the early 2000s where George Steinbrenner, the owner, would say "All right, that's fine. Uh, What are the best three pitchers on the market? Buy them all. Let's go ahead and get it. So they had that dominant pitching staff in there. You do have Garrett Cole, which is fantastic. Maybe Rodon bounces back. You expected a better performance out of him last year you didn't get it but I look for them to add on more pitchers because if you want to ask me the legitimacy of the New York Yankees winning a World Series it's not from the lineup itself they're going to hit we don't get me wrong you just need somebody behind Garrett Cole that you can trust as a true number two maybe it's Rodon Mm -hmm. maybe they go out maybe they make another splash here but I need to see more pitching out of the Yankees before I can even crown them AL East champions
3: you saw that prop, by the way, for Juan Soto's home run number in 2024, 35 and a half. He has never gone over that in his six-year Major League Baseball career, or more than that, six years, but he's never gone over that in his time in the bigs under 35 and a half last year with 35 home runs. But you can see the expectation now wearing pinstripes up in the Bronx, but maybe the best stat that Juan Soto put up there last year, not only leading the bigs in terms of walks earned 132 played in all 162 162 games last year for the San Diego Padres as we look around the American League Juan Soto did see market movement when he was added to this New York Yankees roster they were 12 to 1 to win the World Series before yesterday and the deal became official now plus 950 it's the fifth best number all around the bigs on the FanDuel Sportsbook it was a plus 650 price to win the American League Penny now it's five to one, as we shared. Still behind both Houston and Texas at this moment.
4: Yeah, and also, you're looking at Juan Soto, too, being added, and it's interesting that you bring up that home run prop of 35-and-a-half. Washington, the baseball stadium here, never really was considered a great hitter's ballpark here. Now, you hit home runs here because typically Washington has bad pitching, but then you flip it out to San Diego. That's not really a hitter's ballpark either. You get to the shortest porch in right field in Major League Baseball with a left-handed hitter. That's why you're getting that bump on numbers. Juan Soto's going to play 81 games in the Bronx. That can only help. So, in the past year or two, let's just say, hey, where's the Power going Well, he's more focused about getting on base. Now you got to hit a pop up can of corn fly ball that can find its yeah. way into the seats. Those power numbers going to increase for Juan Soto, no doubt in my mind. The Astros, the
3: favorites to win the American League pennant, plus 450. Only 20 cents back, the Texas Rangers, plus 470. Now the Yankees move up the board. It's a five to one price on New York. You can see those three teams separated by just a half. Dollar to win the American League pennant and the optimism should build in the Bronx now that Juan Soto is wearing pinstripes that's the first domino to fall on the hot stove Shohei signed somewhere let's build the drama this offseason around the association up next We're live right here on this Thursday on the early line on SportsGrid. It's a huge night in the NBA. For the first time in NBA history, the in season tournament has reached the semifinal round. Tonight in Las Vegas, it's a doubleheader. That starts early out here on the East Coast, even out there on the West Coast. 5 p.m. Eastern time, it's the Bucks and the Pacers in the Eastern Conference semifinal, trying to grab a spot in that NBA Cup championship. Out West, in the late night doubleheader, it's the Lakers and the Pelicans, the in-season tournament semifinals. But before we get there, last night in the association, on a Wednesday evening, the other teams the 22 others in the NBA that didn't play in the quarterfinals in action on the hardwood last night in a rarity that we saw last night in Los Angeles the Denver Nuggets booked as an underdog a slight underdog only getting a point point and a half against the Clippers late night in LA it was just the third time this year Donnie Denver booked as the dog And it made sense. The Clippers win by nine, 111-102 over Denver. Two of those three games for the Nugs as an underdog has come against this L.A. side. Remember, a week ago, an 11-point underdog without Jokic or Murray, they won outright as that 11-point dog last night as a very shorter number with both Jokic and Murray in the lineup and the Joker recording a triple-double. L.A. still prevails, winning by nine.
4: Yeah, the Clippers had a 21-point quarter and an 18-point quarter and still won by close to double digits. That's pretty impressive. And also, the big eye on this game was who was going to come to the table. Murray actually did play for the Denver Nuggets, who had a questionable tag there. So you figured, okay, we're good to go for the Nuggets. They should be able to run over the Clippers. Not the case here. It's just so funny how sometimes the NBA does play out, Ben, as you alluded to. We just saw this game where the Nuggets played nobody and beat the Clippers at full gas, then returned the favor at full gas. Both teams, the Clippers ended up picking a victory up here. 10-10 10-10 and 10 on the season. It's one of those teams that you're going to have to fight the urge so many nights in the NBA in February, March, and early April before we get to the playoffs it's trying to tell yourself like, what is the real LA Clippers team? Who's going to step up on this team? Is it going to be a malaise where nobody cares or is this team going to actually get focused and say, we have way too many veteran superstars not to rattle the cage yeah. out there in the West in the playoffs. This is one of those games that gives you a glimpse of, yes, the Clippers can win in different ways. High scoring absolutely, but low scoring and play defense against the world champion Denver Nuggets and get a victory there, this is what's so perplexing for me.
3: And that's really where the Clippers have been this year, Donnie. still the highest under percentage in the NBA. 68.4 percent of the 20 games the Clippers have played have hit the under. 13 of those 20 with one push and six overs at this moment. Last night the total 228. It stays under. James Harden a double double for the Clips. 20 points, 11 dimes. Paul George led the way from the scoring output for LA. 25 points. Elsewhere around the association we look in houston it was the rockets and the oklahoma city thunder okc entered eight and two against the number as the favorite this year but we're only laying two points on the road in h town so the rockets went outright as the dog 110 101 over okc houston this year as an underdog now in 16 of their 18 games nine five and one against the spread
4: yeah, it's a pretty impressive win here for the Houston Rockets. 9-9 nine and nine now on the season, but also more importantly here, what do you say? Handle your business at home. The Rockets actually improved to 9-1 and one overall on their home court. I actually thought the Oklahoma yeah. City Thunder should have run away with this game, but there is a reason why they're only favored by 1.5. You expected a tight game and got it, and the victors here are the Houston Rockets. Jay Gilders, Alexander still had a nice night with 33 points, but, Ben, nobody backed him up out here. Chet Holmgren, 4 points. Williams, yeah. 13 points. Giddy, 8 points. Dort, 4 points points, that's not good enough. Your superstar has a big night. You got to surround the wagons here and help them out. They didn't. Nice win for the Rockets though. Protect your home court down there. 9-1
3: 9-1 and one in H-Town, 0-8 oh, away from Houston. Oklahoma City entered last night with the best road record and win percentage in the NBA. 7-2 now make that 7-3 straight up for OKC on the road. Oklahoma City in that second spot in the Western Conference starting last night in the second spot. In the Eastern Conference, the Orlando Magic. But now 14-7 and for the Magic. They fall into that third-place position because the Cleveland Cavaliers win at home by double digits, 121-111. The Cavs cover as a four-point favorite against Orlando.
4: Big night by Donovan Mitchell here, 35-7-6 here. But by the way, again, I love doing this, Ben. Give me the box score at the final. Let me make a decision on who's going to win. By the way, Ben Carroll's going to drop 42 points. What? The Orlando Magic with another win as they approved of 15-6? No, they dropped to the 14-7 and seven because the Cavaliers were just better on defense overall. You can't yep. be a one-man band a lot of times in the NBA, and that's what you got with Ben Carroll. Sensational night overall. I'm sure he's happy with that, but you much would rather have the win here. Nice win by the Cavaliers to hold off that 42-point effort.
3: Donovan Mitchell, 35 points. Darius Garland, 26 outside of what Paolo Banquero put up last night. The second leading scorer for the Magic, Cole Anthony, 19 points off the bench. Orlando still 14-7. and seven. They're 15-6 and six now against the number. Still the fourth best cover percentage in the NBA. It's just they lost a game last night where maybe they could have won, but again, they were booked as the underdog. As we now flip our attention to college basketball, Big East, Big 12 battle. In Milwaukee, Marquette looking to respond after a loss this weekend in the Badgers State against Wisconsin. The in state showdown goes the way of the Badgers. They pull off the outright upset. Marquette bounces back last night against Texas. They win by 21 points, 21 points, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite against a top-12 team in Texas, 86-65 the final. And as we shared at the top of the show, the reigning Big East Player of the Year for the reigning Big East regular season and tournament champion Marquette Golden Eagles, Tyler Kolick, goes off for 26 points, eight rebounds, and six dimes in the 21-point win over the Longhorns.
4: The three-point shot is the biggest part of the equation. You take a look at the Texas Longhorns, four of 16 from three-point range, only 25%. Flip that over to the Marquette Golden Eagles. How about this? 47%, which is 14 of 30 from three-point range, and also chipping in with 80% from the charity stripe. That's how you get it done. A nice effort, 86 points for Marquette. Certainly fun there on the offensive side, but when you're knocking down three-point shots at close to 50%, you're going to be a tough out anywhere you play.
3: It was a great backcourt battle on paper last night, and we saw that on one side for Shaka Smart's Golden Eagles. Of course, Tyler Kolick, like we mentioned, 26 points, but got help from Cam Jones, his backcourt mate. It was that matchup for Kolick and Jones against Tyrese Hunter and Max Asmus for Texas. Asmus played pretty well, 10 to 19 from the floor, 25 points, but only three points out of Tyrese Hunter for Rodney Terry's team last night. Texas has been an underdog only twice this year, both coming against two top 10 teams from the Big East against UConn in the Empire Classic in Madison Square Garden. They lost that game by double digits, did not cover as a a six-and-a-half-point dog. Last night, an eight-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in Milwaukee against Marquette. Of course, they lost by 21. When Texas is facing a Big East team as a dog, you take the other side, 0-2 against the number. That was the third game, Donnie, by the way, for Marquette as a single-digit favorite this year. It was their second win. And their first cover now one and two against the spread. A big matchup in the Palmetto State last night between Clemson and South Carolina. Two teams, maybe rather surprisingly, off to a seven and zero start, undefeated, entering last night's matchup between this in-state. Rivalry, well, Clemson is the team that stays with that unblemished record. 72-67 at home for the Tigers last night. They hand South Carolina its first loss of the year, but the Tigers, as an 8.5-point home favorite, do not cover. However, they start a perfect 8-0 and with a big victory over the Gamecocks.
4: Yeah, that certainly helps. And also, you just take a look at the shooting environment here. 44.6 from the field, which doesn't sound that great, but when you hold your opponent, Ben, to 36% overall from the floor, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. And the one thing that you love to see in college basketball, just take a snapshot of the starting lineup there for Clemson. Every single player was in double digits. That means you don't have one go-to guy that you need to rely on for 25 points a night, and if he isn't hitting on all cylinders, you're going to lose. When everybody has a chance to step up to the plate, that works out in your favor. When everybody's in double digits, that means you don't have that one key guy to rely on like what I see out of the Clemson Tigers perfection on the season so far. Led by Chauncey
3: Wiggins, he had 15 points to pace those five starters all scoring in double figures for Brad Brownell and the Clemson Tigers last night. Again, an 8-0 start for Clemson. Their first time covering as a single-digit favorite this year. South Carolina entered last night a perfect 2-0 straight up when booked as the underdog. They did of course lose last night, but did cover 3-0 ATS. Clemson, a top 25 team. South Carolina set to make More noise in the SEC than we probably expected out of the Gamecocks entering 2023-24. The total last night, by the way, was pretty low, 139.5. It goes over. Clemson has played to the over in six of their eight games so far this season. A game that had nowhere close to the over last night based on the pregame total. The Houston Cougars, 75-39 for the Cougs against... Rice, that in-state showdown as well. The Cougs win by a ton, nearly 40 points, Donnie, because they hold the Owls to less than 40 points.
4: Yeah, if I'm a college basketball player or a team, like you would be excited to play a top five opponent to see what you can do. But Houston's got to be like the least fun you would ever get out of playing a team because 100%. you know they are going to strangle you on the defensive side of the court. 18 points at the first half, 21 in the second half, an easy victory. And don't get and I should say, you will get used to this. Every time you watch Houston, I'm surprised when it gets over 50 points yep. against them here. 100%. That's how good they are. New players doesn't matter. That system works.
3: That's what Kelvin Sampson does, suffocating defense. Houston covers as a 27-and-a-half-point favorite. Eight of the nine games for the Cougs this year have stayed under because Houston has the most efficient defense in all of college basketball. A Thursday night football preview coming your way next on the early line week number 14 of the national football league regular season kicks off tonight In the Steel City, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots on Thursday night football. Now, we do this all the time as we get ready for a new Thursday night primetime game that begins a new week in the National Football League, where the game on paper looks atrocious. But Donnie Wrightside and myself, Ben Stevens, are here for you on this Thursday on the early line to convince you that football is better than no football. It's like a cheese pizza, DRS pizza, even bad pizza. Pizza is still pizza. And that's what we have on this Thursday. And for me, a fan of the now defunct Big Ten West, when you see a total at over under 30 and a half points and it's historic, you get a smile on your face. The Steelers, a six point home favorite, that total of 30 and a half between the Steelers and the Patriots tonight.
4: Yes, and here's how to equate it, Ben, as I you knew I like to do. If this was a college football bowl game, we wouldn't even turn this on the TV. But since it we'll actually matters and there is going to be standings, and it means something here. We love this. And also, let's get this out of the way. So many times you take a look at these football games as a handicapper and on the end, they're like, oh, my gosh. Like, we got a terrible game that we're going to have to watch on Thursday night. But the numbers dictate on what the value in the eye of the beholder is going to be. Because if this was always, let's just say, Ben, every game had to be 55 and a half as a total. You'd say, well, look at these statistics. Like, this guys aren't going to throw for 280 yards a pop. The touchdown passes aren't right. going to be flowing. But these numbers are so low tonight that you are going to get value because you don't need much to happen in order to cash in tickets so again most people are over betters across the board you would look at this game so i don't want any piece of it but then when you open your eyes you would be like i'm getting wide receivers at 11 and a half yards 15 and a half top wide receivers at 39 and a half in that range where do i sign up yeah. here so we're gonna have some fun tonight i expect it to be profitable
3: Let's start with the total, by the way. 30.5 is the number on the FanDuel Sportsbook. We love the FanDuel Sportsbook. The under has the juice at minus 115. More of the VIG on the underside than that of the over. The consensus over-under, though, around the betting markets that samples every sportsbook at every price out there is an over-under of 30. If that's where the number closes tonight, it will be the lowest total for an nfl game in the last three decades dating back to week 15 of the 1993 nfl season and as a champion of historically low over unders i have already bet the under tonight because i want to be like your last name donnie on the right side of history which i have done countless times with the iowa hawkeyes in college football same color scheme Long-tenured head coach, outgained but still finding ways to win football games. Are the Pittsburgh Steelers the Iowa Hawkeyes of the National Football League? Either way, I'm going under tonight, Donnie.
4: You know, and you should be going under, and that's the right thought process. Many people will look at this the same way we'll probably look at the NBA game tonight, 255 and a half. How do you go over? Yeah. Well, some people will find advantages and say, I think that number is light. Some people look at this game like, it's an NFL game. It's got to go over 30 and a half points. And if you get out to a 10 to 7 halftime lead, like, wow. This is really impressive. I'm right in there, which isn't a lot of points. But for my money in this game, we've already seen it for New England. They have absolutely nothing at wide receiver, nothing explosive at tight end, and a running back in Ezekiel Elliott who's going to get his carries but isn't an explosive running back. Bailey Zappi is your quarterback. Roughly a buck 50 on his passing yards. We've already seen Bill Belichick in the past say, you know what? We're so bad here. Let's just try to open it up and see what we have in Bailey Zappi. He goes the exact opposite way. He's done that with first round draft picks and Mac Jones. In that he feels the need to look the goal is to win the football game so maybe zappy passes 15 times we run the clock out and maybe we can find a winner in this game he even tried it last week in the rain hey you know what? let's keep it close to the vest i know how about we score no points here and stay in the football game that's what they did now if we flip it over ben to a pittsburgh perspective we know they changed Mm -hmm. their offensive coordinator kenny pickett's not going to play mitchell trubisky isn't a great quarterback but they do have much more weapons at wide receiver and in the running game and tight end than the new england patriots have but Keep in mind this, Mike Tomlin's cut from that same ilk. It's not about style points here. It's about picking up victories and moving on right. any way you can. So if you're asking me the new offensive coordinates, because, man, i got to separate myself from Matt Cannon and start pushing the football down the field, Mike Tomlin's going to put the kibosh on that right away by going, are you crazy? If we just score 10 points and don't turn the football over, we probably win this game. So that's why we're trending yep. to an under. Neither one of these teams looking to open it up on offense. They're just looking to survive in this game from my point of view. It's a really good
3: point, Donnie. And we'll talk about the offense for New England in just a moment because it has been putrid over this last month. But I do want to make this point. I make it a bit to see historically low over-unders and to be on the right side of history to take the under. But there is an actual handicapping thought behind that as well, not just looking at these two offenses or the results. From the trend perspective, over-unders this year, Pittsburgh in their 12 games, under in 10 of the 12. For New England, they have seen four games with a total of 40 points or less. All four have hit the under. Again, that would back up taking the under even of this historically low total of 30 and a half tonight. But, Donnie, we say this often. Odds makers don't just lay numbers for the bit. Oddsmakers don't just put out numbers for the joke of it all. Oddsmakers don't just look and say, oh, Mitchell Trubisky versus Bailey Zappi. Let's make the number as low as we can. They do so by the ratings. And so when you see 30 and a half, the reason the number is there is because that is the more likely outcome. In the last five years, we have seen six NFL games that have featured an over-under of 35 points or less. Five of those six games have gone under. In fact, it's been every total at 34 in a hook or less in the last five years. Only five NFL games, but still all five going under. Which says to me, DRS, that if you're going to put the number this low... It's why the number is this low, because you are expecting points to be at an extreme premium. That's what we have tonight. 3.30 and a half is that number. No Kenny Pickett for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mitchell Trubisky will make his sixth start for the Steelers in the last two years. Bailey Zappi is going to lead a New England offense that has combined for 13 total points in the last three Weeks. They were shut out last week at home for the second time this year by the LA Chargers. And the Chargers are not a great defense, unlike the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are one of the better defensive units in the National Football League. So when I look at this game and I see the Steelers laying six, again, that's an uncomfortable position for Pittsburgh. Donnie, this year, Pittsburgh is both three and two straight up and against the spread as a favorite. But the only time the Steelers have laid more than a field goal was last week, five-and-a-half point number in their favor at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Again, multiple lengthy weather delays. Kenny Pickett gets injured early on in the opening half. Yes, all of that taken into account, but they still lost by two touchdowns against a team that entered with only two wins that picked up their third win of the season, the Arizona Cardinals. New England enters tonight as a six-point underdog with only two wins this year. As you said, Donnie, looking back on last week, this is a game in Pittsburgh can not lose if they want to stay in the AFC wild card race.
4: And an absolutely embarrassing effort at home last week against the Arizona Cardinals, where you can do whatever you want to the Arizona Cardinals, but seemingly the Pittsburgh Steelers could not do that. The one thing that you can sort of bank on, we use like the Jake Browning effect. And I'm not saying Jake Browning and Mitchell Trubisky are the same quarterback. Mitchell Trubisky's had a lot of starts in the NFL. Jake Browning didn't. But you see him come into a football game where they're not the starting quarterback. The game plan, Ben, isn't built around them. They're not taking any snaps with the starters than expected mentally. I'm like, they always say, hey, mentally, be prepared. You're only one play away. We're all huge humans out here when you know you're not the starting quarterback or starting sure you want to get in there and you're mentally prepared but it's way different when they say at the beginning of the week you are starting quarterback this week you are dialed in the entire time you're putting input to the offensive coordinator what you like to do and what you're comfortable with that could change in this game so maybe Mitchell Trubisky gets a slight bump but again he doesn't have to do very much tonight like we're talking about the team totals at like 12 and a half and 17 and a half it's not as if you have to move the football up and down the field Field position will be played tonight. The Steelers should win this game, and they should be favored, and they should win it by a touchdown.
3: Alright, let's talk about the total one more time because I know we have a graphic that shows the historically low numbers for tonight's Thursday night football game where things stand. 30 and a half. There it is. 30 and a half. Is that over under? This will be the 7th total for Pittsburgh in the 30s tonight. And again, the Steelers have gone under in 10 of their 12 games this year. If the number closes at 30, that consensus betting total, it would be the lowest over under in NFL history in the last three decades. By the way, New England as the underdog this year atrocious one and seven against the spread even last year Donnie it feels like a long time ago but the Pats did win eight games they are three in 14 against the spread though as an underdog since the start of 2022 Bailey zappi's prop tonight 154 and a half Mitch trubisky 180 and a hook trubisky last week 11 of 17 117 yards and a touchdown that came in garbage time did lose a fumble at a Critical juncture in the game. Pittsburgh had the football back inside their own territory in the second half. They were only down by a touchdown. He dropped the snap. It was low. He didn't just fall on it. He tried to pick it up. He never had it in his possession. Arizona recovered and with the short field scored a touchdown to go up by two scores that really kind of put the game out of reach for this Pittsburgh side. As we look at some of the other playmakers available tonight, Jalen Warren has been a key component of this offense, 55 and a half. Ramondre Stevenson, a high ankle sprain. He is out tonight on this Thursday in Pittsburgh. Ezekiel Elliott is going to be the lead back for New England.
4: And yes, and here's where you caution it, too, because immediately when you hear that news from Andre Stevenson's at, what do we think? You know, Ezekiel Elliott's going to eat. He's going to get 17, 18 carries, and he should easily go over that number. I'm sort of taking a step back here. I'm looking actually more in the passing game for Ezekiel Elliott since he is basically the only running back. He'll be catching passes out of the backfield tonight. Bailey Zappi, not a great quarterback, a very good pass rush for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What's your simplest throws, Ben? tight end and running back when you're getting that heat on him. So as as much as I'm going against the grain there, on the opposite side, you also have injuries in the backfield to Najee Harris, who looks like he's going to give it a go tonight, but maybe the bell cow is going to be Warren, who quite frankly, I think is the better overall running back. That's the side I would actually focus on if you want rushing yards is Jalen Warren with the ability to hit home runs and bigger plays than Ezekiel Elliott. But it's going to be an interesting one where you bounce back and forth on each side, which way you want to go. I think Mitchell Trubisky obviously is a better quarterback than Bailey Zappi. I think the totality of the offense for the pittsburgh steelers is better than the new england patriots the only way the patriots yeah. win this football game and we've seen it before ben win the turnover battle by at least two and it always keeps you in the football game if the steelers are sound meaning like let's play field position they're going to win this football game and again getting back to mike mm. tomlin all he wants to do is win this football game it could be two to nothing we'll right. take it and move on because it means they're on pace here to get into the playoffs
3: it could be what the Bolts did last week in Foxboro against these very Patriots, score six points, even cover exactly. as a five-and-a-half-point favorite because you shut out New England on the other side. Now, the Patriots are not in any postseason outlook for the first time in December in a very long time under Bill Belichick, but we know the consistency on the other side as well for the Steelers. Never less than eight wins under Mike Tomlin. Now it's year 17 at the helm in the Steel City. Donnie, the Pittsburgh Steelers are... Are one of four teams with a 7-5 and five record in that AFC wild Card chase. Ultimately, Donnie, if the Steelers win tonight and cover or just at least win as a six-point home favorite, will Pittsburgh be playing in the postseason?
4: Uh, Again, it's it's hard to say no. You let your eyes determine and say, boy, I just watched a bad football team last week lose to Arizona, but then you get to pick up free wins possibly tonight against the New England Patriots, and your record says yes, you have an advantage to get in. So if they do win tonight, I'm going to say they make the playoffs, and they stink, but that's not the question. No
3: AFC playoff odds available for any team in that conference. You saw the 35-to-1 number on Pittsburgh to win the AFC Championship, the eighth best price at this moment. Of course, seven teams make the NFL postseason in each conference. More on TEL next you <laughs> The collegiate capsule to end out this opening hour of a Thursday live right here on the early line on Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Wrightside. History in a variety of facets. Yesterday in college basketball. First, we start with the present and what is happening right now. Caitlin Clark in the battle of the Iowa State between Iowa and Iowa State goes off for 35 points last night as the fourth ranked Hawkeyes knock off their in-state foes. The Cyclones in Hilton Coliseum out in Ames. Her 41st 30-point performance in her collegiate career. That is now an NCAA record for the most 30-point games in men's or women's Division I college basketball history. And then you saw more history there for Clark with the 35-point performance. She also is now well north of 3,000 points, a benchmark she reached last night. Donnie, she is the only player in Division I men's or women's college basketball history to record 3,000 points, 750 rebounds, and 750 assists. That is the list. It begins and ends with Caitlin. Park.
4: And by the way, with women's college basketball, maybe the most anticipated season we've ever seen is this one here. And granted, we are all focused on the college football playoff and the NBA, college basketball, and all that good stuff. But once we flip this over to March and April, when you start March Madness on the women's side, they're going to get a lot of eyeballs and a lot of attention to watch. Why? Because it's a fun brand of basketball that she brings you. So everybody's rooting for them to go back to the Final Four, maybe even the final matchup again with LSU. That would do really good numbers at the box office.
3: And big news for Rutgers men's basketball for next year and beyond. The number two overall recruit and prospect in the 2024 recruiting class, Dylan Harper, a native of New Jersey, the younger brother of Ron Harper Jr. that played his college ball in Piscataway as well, is committing two Rutgers. He's the number two recruit nationally. He joins Ace Bailey, who's the number three overall recruit nationally, to give Rutgers its best recruiting class in program history. In fact, there's only been four classes ever that have the top, two the top three in their class. That's what Donnie right said. We'll talk about it more Shout in an hour or two when it starts in less than a minute.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, that's definitely not a problem. is uh, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.